This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tony Cahoot. Turn your Bibles to 2 Peter, if you will, please. I want to begin basically where we left off last Wednesday night, and I want to set this up a little differently, uh, launching into the study. I don't want to be completely repetitive, but I think there's uh, an important element that we need to together collectively study and to give you the information in the scriptures. Sometimes, in fact, most of the time that I teach on subjects like this, I can tell you certainly the the uh, evil forces in the demonic world certainly is vehemently uh, against this kind of uh, teaching. A lot of uh, spiritual warfare takes place when we talk about these particular issues. But it, we don't do it often, but we, we should do it because it is the whole element of the Word, and uh, we have an obligation to preach the whole counsel of the Word of God. So I want to set this up a little bit differently than we did last Wednesday night and give you another approach from Scripture about what we're talking about here in verse number 3 and verse number 4, 2 Peter chapter 2. I want to read those two verses, and then I want to go into um, a study. I told you last week that uh, this particular study that we're doing right now, I'm taking you straight to my desk and giving you the elements that uh, I have I have uh, adhered to and I have studied and I have looked at this from many different angles. And I do realize that what I'm teaching tonight can be looked at from several other approaches, and I don't want to not um, let you know that. Uh, there are some dominant approaches to what I'm going to share with you tonight that takes a completely different turn than what I'm going to share with you. But this is my study, and again, as I've already given you the the anchors um, and the importance of uh, understanding um, the, the content and the context of what we're talking about. This has nothing to do with cardinal doctrine, so there is marginal room for me to be wrong in this area. But I will tell you that um, as I am open to learning every single day the truths of God's Word, what I have studied thus far, and, and I continue to study, um, and I'm continuing to study another approach to this. Um, so I'm not completely tuned out to uh, other approaches to this subject matter, but this is where I'm at in my life and my study and over the 40-plus years of preaching the Word. So I want to um, be um, mindful to let you know this from the onset. Okay, so these these verses here, Second Peter chapter two, verses three and four, and through covetousness shall they friend words make merchandise of you whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but 
cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. Now you see that's a continual statement there. But we want to take this verse very slow and uh, give you some personal study with this place where we are adding God's Word tonight. I shared with you last Wednesday night that there's a big difference between fallen angels and demons. But I want to go back, and last week I did not take the time to give you some of the things that I'm going to give you tonight about uh, the, the biggest fallen angel of them all, and that is Lucifer himself. And so, um, and in order to do that properly, I want us to see a couple of passages of Scripture uh, from the Old Testament, from the book of Ezekiel, and also from uh, the, the book of Isaiah. So as we get into that, uh, I'm going to um, let you know this right from the beginning, that when you read this passage of Scripture, for if God spared not the angels that sinned, this is what we're talking about right now, because the angels that sinned, they had two falls, or, or they fell into two categories. I'm going to explain that to you, and perhaps it would help you to know why I'm at the conclusion of this subject where I am tonight at this point in my ministry and study. Again, this will not, this will not make you any more saved if you have a different approach or if you see it in a different light. Not at all. This is not cardinal doctrine. We, we can be wrong here. We do not know all of their is to know about the Word of God. We, we study, we're students every day of the Scripture. We should be anyway. But I want you to look at this. The angels that sinned. I want to review a passage of Scripture, Revelation chapter 12 and verse number 3. Before I get to Ezekiel and Isaiah, I'll do that in a moment. But I want to remind you of this. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 3 and 4, I want to try to get these Scriptures up as quickly as possible, so follow along with me. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. And verse number four, the word says, And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. So understand this, that as I have told you uh, last week, I want to reiterate it this week, that sin did not originate on this earth. Sin did not originate with man. Sin originated in heaven. And I'm going to show you this. Last Wednesday night, I did not give you uh, the full scope of the Scripture to that point. I thought about it during the week, and I have concluded to give it to you tonight. But so we understand this, that sin originated in heaven by Lucifer. And uh, the scripture says that when he sinned in heaven, this, this passage is very clear, that he was able to influence a third of heaven's angels to join his rebellion against God. And uh, in Luke chapter 10 and verse number 18, the word says this, 
Luke chapter 10 and verse number 18. And we're, we're trying to get them up as quickly as we possibly can. And so this scripture says, Luke chapter 10 and verse number 18. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Okay, so <clears throat> the revolt, the rebellion took place in heaven. When Satan elevated himself to the place where he wanted to be not, not just equal with God, he did say, I will be like the Most High, but he said, I'm going to exalt my throne above your throne. So, so that's, a, that's a major difference. <clears throat> I want to go to the book of Ezekiel, and I want you to look at Ezekiel chapter 28. This, I don't have time tonight to talk about all of the prophecy in Ezekiel chapter 28, but this, this particular chapter is dealing with a wicked tyrant. He was the king of a place called Tyre. T-Y-R-E. And uh, this, this particular king, he, he represents Satan in its fullest capacity, in his fullest capacity. In fact, um, there are many theologians and scholars who believe that the king of Tyre was actually possessed by Satan or was Satan um, in in the flesh, and so uh, that's something that I want you to uh, put in your mental notes as you take written notes tonight. But he is a complete description of what and who Satan was. Now I'm going to read for you in Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 13 through 15. And I want you to look at it very carefully because the thing that I want you to know is this, that Satan and his fallen angels were not preexistent. The, the only personalities of heaven that were preexistent was God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They, were, they have always been. No one created God, no one created Jesus, no one created the Holy Spirit. There has always been God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They have always been preexistent. In fact, the Word says that all things were made by Him. So, there was not some big catastrophic event that took place in the galaxies that ultimately formed God. Had that been the case, then something preexisted God. Okay, so you have to understand that nothing preexisted God. God has always been. He is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. He has always been. But because all things were made by him, he, he created the angels. He created the cherubims. He created the Sephirims. He created Lucifer. He created all of these angels that Lucifer led astray. I'm going to show you something tonight that perhaps you've not known before, and that would be my goal. By the way, when Satan 
Lucifer was in heaven, he was created perfect. And I'm going to give you those scriptures here in just a moment. But he had two particular jobs. You, you may have not studied this before. And in my study, this was eye-opening to me how close he was to God. Now, I'm not saying by any way, shape, or form in the divinity line. I'm talking about proximity. So keep that in mind. But look at these scriptures here, Ezekiel 28, verse number 13. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. So the thing that I want you to understand that Lucifer, when he was created, he was created the most beautiful of all angelic beings. And the scriptures begin to itemize his beauty in comparison to all of these royal diadems. Every precious stone was thy covering. And then the scripture gives you all of these stones. And then the word says this, the workmanship of thy tabrets, all right? And then notice this, and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. God created Lucifer. Now, the pipes that you see in the scripture is in reference to his lungs. Lucifer was not only incredibly beautiful in comparison to all of these royal diadems, but he was also a very gifted and talented singer. Now, you may have heard me teach in the past upon those two elements, and but I want you to see something else here, and it's found in verse number 14. Look at this very carefully. Thou art the anointed. So if you write in your Bible, underline this word. Thou art the anointed cherub. Do you see this? But the important thing in this verse is the phrase that covereth. And that's something that you could very easily read and skip over and not have a clue as to what that's talking about. But if you're going to dissect this and study it like I have, then you understand, okay, God created Lucifer. He created him in the most beautiful possible way. He gave him a gift to sing but he gave him a job also. Look at this. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. I'm going to give you a Genesis verse of that or Exodus in just a minute, but look at this. And I have set thee so. Thou was upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. In verse 15, we're going to come back to 14 in a minute, but verse 15, look at this. Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day 
that thou was created till or until iniquity, and iniquity is the word for sin, until sin, iniquity was found in thee. So follow this now. God created Lucifer. He created him according to the scriptures. He created him perfect. Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day thou was created. So God created him in a most perfect way. He created him to be the most beautiful of all angelic beings. He gifted him with the ability to sing and to sing like none other. But the word in verse 14, go back to that because the word says this, thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. And so what I want you to see here, taking this in the, in the literal text that it's written, look with me in, a, in Exodus chapter 25 and verse number 20. Exodus chapter 25 and verse number 20. Now look at this. And the cherubims, God had, now you remember what we just read. In Ezekiel 28, verse number 14, God said, you were the anointed cherub that covereth. All right, now let's look here in this text, Exodus 25, verse 20. And the cherubims shall stretch forth their wings on high. Look at this. Covering the mercy seat with their wings and their faces shall look one toward another. Toward the mercy seat shall the faces of the cherubims be. So in other words, the thing, the job that Lucifer had in heaven because he was the anointed cherub that covereth and the cherubims shall stretch forth their wings on high, covering the mercy seat with their wings. So the job that Satan, Lucifer, had in heaven was to hover over the throne of God. With his wings, he was sort of like the one that was closest to God. I don't want to use the word in a, in a shallow way to confuse you because God doesn't need to be protected from anybody. And I don't want you to misconstrue this and take this out of context. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. But the idea was that Lucifer, the anointed cherub that covereth, you just read that with me in, Ezekiel chapter 28 and verse number 14. So the job that Lucifer had in heaven is that he covered the throne of God. Now picture this. He was created the most beautiful of all angelic beings with the most, in comparison to the most beautiful gems in the universe. He was given the ability to sing in a masterful way. He was the anointed cherub. 
that hovered over the very throne of God. The word says he was the cherub that covereth. And you see here what they do. Covering the mercy seat with their wings and their faces shall look one toward another. All right. So now I want you to go back to Ezekiel 28. And I want you to look with me at verses number 18 through 19. Okay. So now we start getting into the rebellion and the downfall uh, of, of Lucifer. Thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries by the multitude of thine iniquities, by the iniquity of thy traffic. Therefore, will I bring forth a fire from the midst of thee, it shall devour thee, and I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. All they that know thee among the people shall be astonished at thee. Thou shalt be a terror. And never shalt thou be any more. All right. So Ezekiel the prophet brings us some, some pretty stern information here. But also Isaiah the prophet as well. I want you to look with me in Isaiah chapter 14. And I'm going to pick up here in verse number 12. And this gives us a little deeper insight as to the outward rebellion of Satan and these angels that he led astray. We call them fallen angels. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground? You just, re you just read that how he was going to be cast down to the ground and upon the ashes. Now look, which did weaken the nations? The devil, Lucifer, is the biggest, it, it is the cause of all, Amer all, all of America's decay, all of the world's decay, the, the sin of the world. In verse 13, for thou hast said in thy heart, and here's where the rebellion, he was perfect up until this point. But you have to also remember this, that when, within all of us, God has placed a free will. He has given all of us a will to have a relationship with him in all sincerity, to accept him or to reject him. God said, for thou hast said in thy heart, and he's exposing the rebellion of Lucifer. He's, he is quoting, repeating what Lucifer said, and he's bringing it to his awareness, his attention. He said, this is what you said. You said, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. So <clears throat> it wasn't just trying to be equal with God. He wasn't saying, God, listen now, well, we need to divide this thing up. That's not what he was saying. He said this, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. And then look what he said. He said, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. In verse 15, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit.
So when Satan got to this place, God, like lightning, expelled him from heaven. And in this rebellion, that's when Satan was able to convince a third of all of heaven's angels to rebel with him, to follow him. All right, so now you go back to 2 Peter chapter 2 and you look at verse number 4. For if God spared not the angels that sin. Now here we go into this aspect of the study. Fallen angels are mighty beings. They are organized principalities. They are organized powers. They are organized rulers of darkness. And they are different than demons. Now, again, some theologians disagree with that. That's not, I'm not interested in that. I'm just telling you what I know, what I believe. Demons crave bodies. And I left off last Wednesday night giving you the illustration out of Matthew chapter 8, verse 28 through 32. And I said this in the closing part of the study last Wednesday night. I said, in this particular story, this is, this is a very important story because in this story, Jesus answered the prayer of the demons. And so you read this, and when he was coming to the other side of the country of the Gadarenes, there met him two possessed with devils, two individuals, demon-possessed, coming out of the tombs, exceeding fears, so that no man might pass by that way. And behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? They knew what, would, what was going to happen. And there was a good way off from them a herd of many swine feeding. So the devils besought him, saying, If thou cast us out, suffer us to go away into the herd of swine. And he said to them, Look, this is what the devils, they said, Jesus, would you grant this request? And look at this, because Jesus basically answered the prayer of those demons. And he said unto them, Go, okay, go. And when they were come out, they went into the herd of swine. That's exactly what they asked. And behold, the whole herd of swine ran violently down a steep place into the sea and perished in the waters. So fallen angels, and we're going to talk about their origin, and we're going to talk about the best that I can explain it to you without struggle, debate, and answering a ton of questions because I'm continuing to study myself. The best that I possibly can give you. Demons crave human bodies or bodies of animals. They, they have to have something that they possess. And this is unlike, unlike fallen angels. Fallen angels do not have to steal bodies. Fallen angels can, can fashion bodies themselves, and we'll, we'll understand this better in, in a few moments. I want you to go back to Isaiah 24 and look at verse number 21 because it talks about the ranks 
of these fallen angels, who, by the way, again, I emphasize they are principalities, they are powers, they are rulers of darkness, and so they're organized powers. In Isaiah 24, verse number 21, the scripture says, and it talks about the ranks of this, look at it, and it shall come to pass in that day the Lord shall punish the host, look at this, of the high ones that are on high and the kings of the earth upon the earth. Now, this is talking about fallen angels. Fallen angels, as I mentioned earlier, they were involved in two specific falls, not just the revolt in heaven. And we'll see this as this develops. From from Isaiah 24, I want you to go to the book of Jude and look with me at verse 6 and 7. Jude is only one chapter, and so it's the next to the last book of the Bible. And so I want you to read with me in Jude chapter, uh, uh, this chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. It says this, and the angels, okay, I remind you, that Peter is talking about in Second Peter chapter 2 and verse number 4, the angels that sinned. That's what we're talking about. So we have to keep this in context. All right, so look at this. And the angels which kept not their first estate, these are the angels that sinned. These are the fallen angels, but left their own habitation he hath reserved an everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. So there are right now fallen angels in out of darkness waiting to be judged. But look at verse 7. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to strain. This is very important. This is where we're going with this. Giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh. We're talking about angels that left their first estate. The word says they went after strange flesh are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Okay. Now go back to Second Peter chapter 2, verse number 4. And, and I know we're going from different places, but this, this is eye-opening for me, and I hope it is for you. Back in Second Peter chapter 2, verse number 4, for if God spared not the angels that sinned, this particular group of fallen angels, listen carefully, they were in a very immoral behavior. These fallen angels had a very serious lust for human women. Very elevated. In fact, Peter, he compares it to the days of Noah. But he also tells us from verse number 3 in Second Peter chapter 2 
that their judgment was an absolute sure thing. Look at look. Go back to verse three. And through covetousness shall they, with framed words, make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. Their their final judgment has not yet taken place, but it's but they are, for the most part, incarcerated. Now again, if you look very closely at verse number four again, God has already incarcerated some of these fallen angels. Look at verse four again. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them, look at this, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. Some of these fallen angels have already been chained into darkness and they are waiting the final judgment. And I emphasize some of them. Think about it. These particular angels who once lived in the full splendor of God, lived on the holy mountain of God, these particular angels who were at the throne of God, who, who were with the anointed cherub covering the throne of God, the mercy seat, they were, they were walking in the splendor of God. Now all of a sudden they have been removed from the presence, from the holiness of God. Now they are in darkness, chained, and waiting for their last judgment. They are awaiting their final punishment right now. Now, again, it's, it's 8.03. I, I, I cannot spend much time at this from this point forward tonight, but I do want to give you an Old Testament scripture and close with this. We'll pick up again next week. I don't know about you, but this is killing me to not be able to give you the whole thing, but it would not make any sense to you at all. In fact, it hardly makes sense to me studying it, uh, but um, we have to take it slow. And, and there's an old teacher that says you have to compare spiritual with spiritual. You have to compare these things. And so that's why I'm cross-referencing is so important. But I want you to look at one, one chapter and passage tonight before we, we end. And this is the big leap for me. And I'm going to leave you here again tonight. This is the big jump. In Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 through 5, I want you to read with me. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth. Now keep in mind, these fallen angels had a very perverted lust for earthly women. These fallen angels. When they began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters, daughters were born unto them. Okay. That the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair 
And they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. Wow, look at verse 4. Now, I hope you're with me, because the fallen angels, the ones, the third that Satan led from the holiness of God, they came to this earth with him. They begin to have a perverted lust for earthly women. And then all of a sudden, there were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came and unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. I'll close with verse 5 tonight. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Now, in the midst of all of this, giants suddenly appeared who were the giants. Now, I'm telling you, this, this is an incredible study. It's deep. You, you might as well have a chair sitting right beside my desk in my office. But I think some of the things we're talking about tonight, you've not refreshed yourself in in quite some time. So I hope it's a blessing to you. You listen to Pastor Tony Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.